O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restore that which I took not away. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren, and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. Draw nigh unto my soul, O Lord, and redeem it. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Draw nigh unto my soul, O Lord, and redeem it. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. Draw nigh unto my soul, O Lord, and redeem it. For thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I look for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Draw nigh unto my soul, O Lord, and redeem it. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened, that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thine indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, 
and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. Draw nigh unto my soul, O Lord, and redeem it. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also will please the Lord, better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor, and despiseth not his prisoners. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. The Old Testament lesson for this fourth Vespers of the Midweek Advent series in Malachi is written in the third and fourth chapters of the book of the prophet Malachi, beginning at the tenth verse. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord of hosts. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said, It is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud blessed, yea, they that work wickedness are set up, yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him, for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return, 
and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the ninth chapter of the second epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the sixth verse. Brothers, remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each man give according as he has determined in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you, always having all sufficiency in everything, may abound to every good work, as it is written, He has scattered abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply your seed for sowing, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, you being enriched in everything to all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For this service of giving that you perform not only makes up for lack among the saints, but abounds also through much giving of thanks to God, seeing that through the proof given by this service, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for the generosity of your contribution to them and to all, while they themselves also, with supplication on your behalf, yearn for you by reason of the exceeding grace of God in you. Now thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 12th and 13th chapters. In his teaching, Jesus said to them, Beware of the scribes who like to walk in long robes and to get greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts. Those who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these will receive greater condemnation. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and saw how the multitude cast money into the treasury. Many who were rich cast in much. A poor widow came, and she cast in two small brass coins, which equal a quadrant coin. He called his disciples to himself and said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you, 
This poor widow gave more than all those who are giving into the treasury, for they all gave out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty gave all that she had to live on. As he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what kind of stones and what kind of buildings. Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone on another, which will not be thrown down. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And this is his name whereby he shall be called, The Lord our Righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The message throughout all of Malachi has reverberated with these words of the Lord, You have I loved, you have I chosen. And to this tonight our Lord adds, For I the Lord do not change, therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. This is as if our Lord were to say, You, O Israel, have always sinned against me and always turned from me. But I am always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. And I am always good to my promises. Therefore, it is because of my promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that you have not been destroyed. It is because of my mercy alone that you are alive. It is because of my grace alone that you are not consumed. So then, in his mercy, our Lord tells Israel and us, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. You have I loved, you have I chosen, You I call to return. Come back to me. Amidst all the sins of faithless worship, faithless marriages, idolatry, amidst all the harsh words our Lord has about these sins, still the Lord tells you and me, Repent. Return. Come back to me. Yet even in the call to repent, the sinful flesh of the Jews in Malachi's day, and just like our flesh today, is stubborn. Their hearts are hard, and their response is also flippant. How shall we return? That is, how shall we repent, O Lord? And what's striking is how our Lord answers this question. It's not a message of just try harder, or worship more sincerely, or stop committing adultery although our Lord clearly wants repentance from those. Here, he answers their question about repentance, even if it's flippant. He still answers their question about repentance in two ways. 
by rebuking their faithless offerings and then rebuking their blasphemies. Against their offerings, God says, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Now, notice, right when our Lord makes a call to repent, immediately he brings up wealth. And this really goes against how we normally think. We go against, we normally go against mentioning money and repentance together because we don't want people to think that money buys repentance. But yet our Lord mentions wealth right after repentance. This is what he does. He mentions offerings. He mentions a call to repent, and he mentions offerings. But let's think about this for a moment. Because God doesn't need money. God doesn't get hungry. And if he did get hungry, he wouldn't tell us. He doesn't need our meat and food from our offerings. After all, he's the creator of all things. He's not going to tell his creatures what he needs. So what is our Lord actually rebuking here? Well, in the Old Testament, our Lord commanded his people to give offerings of first fruits and tithes, tithes being 10% of what they made, and told them to give them to him, to give them to the Lord. And with what our Lord commanded to give, the priests and Levites were fed by this. The priests were fed by these offerings and tithes, and then the poor were also given help. With the Lord making those claims on their tithes and offerings, the priests were able to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people and were able to study and proclaim the word of the Lord for the people on behalf of God. And it's the same today. We're not commanded which offerings to give, how much to give, or how much to tithe. 10% has always been a good guide to follow for us wondering how much is good to give. But there's no set and hard command like there was in the Old Testament. And yet we see in the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord simply assumes his people will give offerings and alms. And St. Paul in our epistle tonight says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So that's, that's what we see there. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. And what Malachi and Paul and our Lord is teaching is not a way to pay money and wealth for forgiveness. That's not what they're saying. They're not calling on you to put money in the offering plate to get out of purgatory or anything like that. Instead, what our Lord is showing is this, that he set up and ordained his priesthood in the Old Testament. And he has set up and ordained the pastoral office in the New Testament. And they're not exactly the same, but they both were ordained to proclaim his word, to offer his gifts to his people, to give freely his forgiveness of sins to his people. When tithes, offerings, and alms, therefore, are not given to his church, Old Testament or New Testament, then the livelihood of the church's ministers are not supported. The poor cannot be helped by the church as a whole. And this happens all for the same reason, out of fear that God will not provide for us if we give of what we have. That God will not provide for us so we can't let go of what he's already provided for us. 
And when that fear of not being provided for is stronger than our fear of God, then God says he is robbed. Robbed not necessarily of money, but robbed of the fear, love, and trust that belongs solely to him. Robbed by our unbelief, which desires wealth, the wealth we possess more than the word being preached and given to us every week. It Unbelief desires wealth, finds security in wealth, and thinks nothing of the word. It doesn't desire the word to be preached every week. So what God is rebuking is the despising of his word and the unbelief that his word won't do what he promises it will do. So our Lord says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Bring everything I command you to bring to the storehouse the storehouse of the temple, that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts, Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. And what our Lord is saying here is what St. Paul also says in the epistle. Whoever sows, that is, whoever gives sparingly, also reaps sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now those who preach a false prosperity gospel, those who preach name it and claim it as God's message, They love these verses, but they miss the point. And to understand the point, we see, or we must notice, that this is the only place in Scripture where our Lord tells men, test me. Normally we hear, don't test the Lord, but here he says, test me. Test me by giving me your full tithe and offering and see what I will do. And of course, what he's really saying is, Not necessarily test me, but test my word. Test my promises. Call me out on my promises. Give to me your full tithe and offering in in your full fear, love, and trust that I will provide. Support my messengers who proclaim my word with full fear, love, and trust that my word will work faith and hope in you and that I will provide for your needs against any drought or disease or pests of crops, and that I will save you and give you peace, which will be a delight. And again, this isn't about giving to the Lord and expecting to become filthy rich with earthly treasures, nor is this about buying forgiveness or blessings. In fact, we we see how this plays out in the gospel lesson with the poor widow and also the Pharisees and those giving in their abundance. For the poor widow, what blessings does she have to count on? Her husband is gone. She is alone. There's no children to speak of here. She has only two pennies to her name. And that's what she gives in her offering, in her tithe. She gives two pennies, which in dollar amounts really comes to about nothing. You might not even put it on the ledger. And then contrasted with her are the scribes, the Pharisees, the wealthy, those who love riches and honor and fine clothing. These give much more money and wealth to the temple than what the widow gives, at least in terms of actual dollars. 
they give hundreds, thousands of dollars that you would actually put on the ledger. The widows may never show up. So in terms of dollars, just dollar amounts, they give more. Yet our Lord doesn't praise them. He praises the widow because her giving, her offering, her tithe, her almsgiving came from a complete fear, love, and trust in God. From a love and desire for the word which God gives to save and deliver her. And then implied here is our Lord condemning those who give in their abundance, those who give, but really they still trust their earthly wealth more than God and his word. And really, if push came to shove and they had to choose between their wealth or supporting God's messengers preaching God's word, they choose their wealth. But not the widow. The widow gave all she had because she desired the word above all. For her, the heavens will open with rain, her fields will produce, and she'll be called a delight. All that is to say, she will be saved. She will have peace. But for the others, our Lord says at the end of the gospel, not one stone of the temple will be left unturned. That is, they will be condemned for robbing God of fear, love, and trust that belongs to him alone. And so this question, how do we repent? God first answers by saying, hear my word. Let it create faith in you. And in faith, support my messengers and help the poor. Because it all depends on the word. Then God goes on to answer the question more, saying to Israel, Your words, this is a new accusation, Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, How have we spoken against you? You have said, It is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge, his commandments, or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. The Jews are not only withholding from God and his word. They were also actively speaking against it. They tried to serve God. They did try, but they felt it was to no profit of theirs, no good of theirs as they saw it. They walked in mourning, they said. That is, they walked in repentance. They lived in repentance before the Lord and yet no profit. But those Jews who didn't believe, who didn't repent, who never trusted in the Lord, were prospering, were becoming rich. Those who believed continued to suffer, but those who didn't were excelling. And we see this in our gospel. The poor widow who had faith gave all she had and she was still poor. The rich hypocrites gave less of what they had overall and continued to prosper and be praised by men. And so it is also in our world. There are plenty of false churches with a false gospel, plenty of false religions giving false hope, many philosophies of men which claim to proclaim truth but really turn up, down, and down, up. And all those seem to prosper more than our little congregation or even our church body at large. And in our government, laws pass or come close to passing, which may mean our suffering, 
may set us up for lawsuits in the future. Yet everything else prospers while we suffer. Even as we tithe, as we repent, as we come to church, still we suffer and still they prosper with, that, with seemingly countless riches. What the Jews say here, what is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning of repentance before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. Our Lord is accusing the Jews of these words, but we know the feeling of what the Jews are saying all too well. And so our Lord not only calls out our actions, which show unbelief in his word, but also our own words and our hearts, the belief of our hearts, which show unbelief in his word, which let the doubt take over our lives. Where our hearts believe more what our eyes see right now, rather than believing the word of the Lord that is put into our ears or what the word of the Lord has done throughout history. Because look throughout the history of the church, and in every moment of the church, evil has always seemed to prosper all around her in the moment. But then you look through the centuries, and you realize the only thing which still stands is not the evil that was around the church. That always falls away. But the only thing which still stands through the centuries and the millennia is the word of God and his church built upon it. You have I loved, you have I chosen, you I call to return. The Lord's rebukes throughout Malachi, we've heard them over the weeks, they are harsh. But look at their result. Verse 16 shows the results of the Lord's rebuke among his people. It says, Then those, then those after hearing the rebukes of the Lord, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. The rebukes of the Lord lead to repentance. That's what's happening there when they talk among each other. That leads the congregation to repentance. And in repentance, see how quickly the Lord takes back his people. How quickly he turns his loving gaze on them. How quickly he turns his listening ear towards them. How quickly he writes their names in the book of life. It's just like the father who runs to hug and kiss his prodigal son when he returns. Our Lord likewise is quick to proclaim of those who repent, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day that I make up my treasured, my treasured possession, and I will spare them, that is, forgive them, as a man spares his son who serves him, then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous on our Lord's right and the wicked on our Lord's left, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. The day of the Lord is the day of the cross. That's the day our Lord is talking about, when he redeems us on the cross with his son's precious blood and makes us his treasured possession, makes us his. The 
the Lord quickly makes us the repentant. Through the death and crucifixion of his son, his treasured possession. He continues saying, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. That is, the gospel shall arise in the Son of God, and the preaching of it will be like the rays of the sun that bring warmth, but the rays of the sun of preaching will be healing, forgiveness in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, that is, your consciences will be free. You will be free indeed. In the Lord's forgiveness, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. That is, you'll be freed and you will reign with the Son of God. When the Lord comes in his incarnation, when the Lord dies on his cross for you, when the Lord is resurrected, when the Lord comes again, you will reign with him free. Through all the faithless worship, the faithless marriages and idolatry, the faithless offerings and faithless words, here stands our Lord saying, You have I loved, you have I chosen, you I call to return, you I prepare. He says, Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. The Lord loves you, has chosen you, brings you to repentance, prepares you for his coming, by his law and his prophets, prepares you for his coming at Christmas, at the cross, at his resurrection, at the altar, at the last judgment. All by his word. He says, remember the Torah of my servant Moses, and we could add, remember the gospels of my evangelists. For by his word alone is our worship true, our marriages faithful, our trust in the true God, and our offerings given faithfully as one people under him. By his word alone does the Lord show his love for us, bring us to repentance, and prepare us. By his word alone are we, the church, ready to meet him, the bridegroom. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
day spring, brightness of light everlasting, and sun of righteousness, come and enlighten them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Alleluia. day spring, brightness of light everlasting, and sun of righteousness, come and enlighten them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Alleluia. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. 
Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning, I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O Lord, we beseech you, let your merciful ears attend to the prayer of your humble servants, because with you there is forgiveness of sins, that you may not mark our iniquities, but vouchsafe to us your mercies. O Lord, help us to trust in you, give thanks for all that you have generously given us, and do good for the sake of others, most especially those in our church. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give you worthy thanks for giving a blessed, gracious baptism first through John the Baptist and have brought it also to us with the promise of the forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit, and eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Preserve us in this faith with your grace and mercy that we may never doubt your promise, but be comforted in all temptations. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may renounce sin and always continue in the righteousness given us in baptism until by your grace we obtain eternal salvation. O most merciful Lord, hear us in the truth of your salvation that, delivered from the filth of sin, we may be written in the book of life by your heavenly finger. Stir up, O Lord, we beseech you, your power and come and with great might succor us 
that by the help of your grace, whatsoever is hindered by our sins may be speedily accomplished through your mercy and satisfaction, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day. And we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.